Hey there, welcome to Blockhead, the Peanuts tribute podcast from a cartoonist's point of view. My name is Jeff Grogan, and I'll be your host for the next hour or so in a series of conversations with comics creators about their lives, their work, and comics. So sit back and enjoy. Hey gang, we'll get to the show in a minute. I just want to take a moment to remind you I've got a Kickstarter up right now at greenscreencomic.com. That's greenscreencomic.com for Green Screen 02, Green Screen Number 2, the second issue of this wonderful comic book about a movie star lost in an alternate universe called the Cineverse, where every movie ever made is a real world. The Kickstarter is up only until this Wednesday, August 3rd. That's the last day you can contribute. So if you've been waiting, holding back on backing the project, well, now's the time. Don't delay. It'll be gone by Thursday, August 4th. So today is Sunday, July 31st. You've got a few days left, but... Again, it'll be gone before you know it. So, Wednesday, August 3rd. There are a lot of great rewards. There's buttons, there's posters, there's paper doll cutouts, and there's even a comic book. So, check out my Kickstarter for Green Screen Number 2 at greenscreencomic.com. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for your support. And now, on with the show! Welcome, Blockhead listeners, to a new episode. Today, we've got... George Gant of Beware of Toddler here, which is a big Instagram hit, and now appearing with King Features on ComicsKingdom.com every Sunday. So Beware of Toddler is a hilarious comic strip, and if you haven't seen it yet, you really owe it to yourself to check it out. It's easy to do. You can find it on Instagram at GeoGantArt, at GeoGantArt. That's one word, G-E-O-G-A-N-T art uh and that's his website too and that's g-e-o-g-a-n-t-a-r-t.com geogantart.com uh you can see george's work there all of his his comic strips his previous web comics uh some of his comic book work some of his commercial work and you can find beware of toddler so you might want to check that out right away if you're not familiar with george's work but it's such a big hit it's so so well known on instagram i'd be surprised if you didn't know but uh just to plug it again geogant art on instagram at geogant art beware of toddler again it's it's really for those who are parents, they know. <laughs> they know they have that experience. Um, this is about a father, a stay-at-home father, and the adventures he gets involved in with his toddler. And uh, she is a handful indeed. So uh, it keeps him busy, if not a little bit crazy. So uh, I, I think you'll find it, not only is it hilarious, but it is also beautifully done. I mean, uh, I just love great art on a comic strip. And George's art is top-notch. So with that as an introduction, why don't we get right to the interview, myself and George Gant, in conversation. Hey, George. Welcome to Blockhead. Well, thank you. And thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. It's um, it's my pleasure. Uh, you know, Beware of Toddler is a big hit uh, on Instagram and elsewhere and a beautiful comic strip. And I think 
lots of people would be interested in hearing from George Gantt. So that's, I think it's uh, my pleasure to have you here on the show. Oh, so, yeah. So George, you know, um, why don't you set the stage for our listeners? Because some of them may not know, uh, beware of toddler. But tell us a little bit about what the comic strip is about. Um. Okay. Well, like on the most uh, simple level, uh, beware toddler is a comic about a stay-at-home father trying to pretty much survive. You know, uh, being home with his two-year-old daughter. Um. <laughs> yeah. I, I try to keep it as simple as possible. Uh. I don't. I don't want to make. You know, the idea of, you know, dealing with toddlers, like, overly complicated. So I just try to simplify it all. But, yeah, stay-at-home dad dealing with a two-year-old daughter. Very simple and, and very simple pitch uh, for, for you know, other media as well. And uh, it tells you, really sets the stage, but it doesn't, it doesn't let you know how funny or how beautifully drawn the strip is. And, uh, and I think that's one of the reasons it's really caught on with people. It is a hilarious interaction between these two individuals. Uh, one who is trying to maintain sanity and order and the other who dispels that all uh, constantly. And uh, <laughs> it's really kind of interesting. A lot, a lot of fun. So Beware of Toddler, and one of the reasons we're also having you here on the show today is because Be- Beware of Toddler is really just sort of sort of cracked into the upper echelon of comic strips in a way. Um, some really great news. Beware of Toddler has, has uh, entered into uh, King Fe- the King Features domain. Yeah, it still hasn't hit me yet, but yeah. Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about that, you know, um, because Beware of Toddler, for those who don't know, uh, who haven't followed it on Instagram, and I don't know why you wouldn't have, because it's a brilliant, brilliant webcomic, but you got to check it out if you subscribe to Comics Kingdom. If you care about comic strips, you know, there are two places to go, really. Go Comics and Comics Kingdom. And uh, Beware of Toddler is a new addition to Comics Kingdom, uh, which is really, really terrific. Congratulations on that success, George. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm still it's only been a month, but it, it's um, it, it's crazy seeing my comics up there. Uh, I've. I've, you know, I've, this has been kind of like, like a lifelong thing for me. Like I've been drawing uh, cartoons. I've been trying to draw comics for a very long time. So this is to be able to do this now is, um, it's real. (laughs) It is for real. That's for sure. Uh, it is certainly for real and, uh, it's amazing. It, it, you know, in a way it is like a culmination of a kind of dream come true. I mean, most, most comic strip artists, or web comics artists uh, at some point or another are looking or hoping to have the kind of support that comes with uh, a, a comic syndicate. At least that, that was the old model. And I know there are many, you know, who who do without and you did without for a long time, but now you're there. So what was the, the process and what was it like? You know, what's it like actually to see your stuff there, you know, uh, with people like, oh my gosh, you know, Patrick McDonald, uh, Ray Billingsley is there, Popeye and, you know, all of these great comic strips, Beetle Bailey and Mike Peter stuff and, you know, Bizarro and all of these really great comics, uh, The Phantom and Zippy. And so how did it get there? How did it, did, did you reach out to them or did they reach out to you? You know, they actually reached out to me. Uh huh. Um, before you know, before all of this went down. Um, well, I, I let me start off by saying that I've been working on this comic for about three years at this point. Um, 
and since then, uh, the comic has like, amassed its own little uh, following. Mm-hmm. Yes, it has. Um, uh, like not only Instagram, but like also Facebook, and then separately through Webtoon, um, as I uh, as I hosted it there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, um, it was uh, nominated for a Ringo Award. Yes, um, that's right. So I, I think just like the combination of these things, like I must have gotten on someone's radar. <laughs> And um, yes. and they and they reached out to me and and they told me uh they asked me about King features uh I told them that actually I submitted something else to them like a long time ago like well before Tyler but um that I would I would be interested and you know here we are yeah so so they they what, they sent you an email or they just messaged you someplace or a phone a phone call or what was it exactly that happened. Oh, just just email. Um, just an email. Yeah, and and so did this. When did this ha- take place? Because let's see, it's been on Ken- Comics Kingdom now for a month, and so when when did the process begin? Um, it began earlier in the year. Um, I can't say exactly the the uh like around like the exact time frame because a lot kind of happened at that time. Mm-hmm. Um. Pretty much uh, one thing about Bureau Tyler's, uh, I do have a book collection. Right. And so I was dealing with uh, getting that printed and a Kickstarter and all of that at the exact same time yes. um, that uh, that the King Feature stuff happened. So, like, they, the time frame itself is a bit hazy. But, um, yeah, it, it took a, a bit of time before, you know, actually launch, like, between, like, you know, getting started and launch. Mm-hmm. But I, I could not be happier. Yeah, sure. So, how often is it appearing on Comics Kingdom now? Uh, it is appearing every Sunday. Every um, Sunday. Yeah, I would like to do more, and I, I hope to do more um, in the future, like uh, a more consistent schedule. Uh, but you know, I'm getting there. I've I've got a couple other projects in the pipeline that I'm working on at the moment as well. So, uh, have they talked to you about you know doing more? Are you and are you being shown in the newspapers too or are they trying to sell it to newspapers um i think that's um a goal <laughs> mm-hmm. like it is happening at the moment um but you know it's only been a month and right now my own personal goal is to just get um as many people uh reading the comic as i can oh absolutely sure um because you know i'm from the mindset is you know you uh if you can build up you know the readers here then you know that makes your chances of like getting into newspapers or anything else you know rise yeah uh, and so i wonder too have they talked to you like for example you did a kickstarter last year and the kickstarter was really successful um and you know you published your book which is a beautiful collection from what i can see I, fortunately i don't have it but it's a it's a beautiful looking package and so uh, I'm wondering, curious too, obviously there's a market for book collections and I'm wondering if they've talked to you about doing anything like that. Um, not yet. Um, not yet. Um, I mean, it's, it's early. It's yeah. Yeah. So this is all brand new. Yeah. This is still pretty brand, brand new. And, um, and I, I didn't think that they would considering that I've got this book collection that just like they just uh released technically like i went to a comic convention just last weekend it was like the first time i brought the book outside of my house to you know try to sell in person so 
Where was the convention? Uh, it was in uh, Arlington Heights, Illinois. Um, uh-huh. I'm from Chicago, so uh, it's just like a suburb, a um, few miles out. Mm-hmm. Do you live in the city of Chicago, or you you uh, live outside of the city? Oh no, I live in the city. Uh, city. Born and raised. Uh-huh. Oh, cool. Very cool. Um, so you know, and Chicago's got a great newspaper. Uh, you know, history, comics, history too. Um, you know, with all those great comics that came from the Chicago Tribune back in the day, like Little Orphan Annie, all those guys, Dick Tracy, all came from Chicago. Um, so you know, I'm wondering how this will progress. Um, and if there are, do you know, off the top of my head, whether there on comics kingdom right now there are other new strips that are appearing on a weekly basis as well or is is you know beware of toddler really the only one that's popped up um beware toddler um well i i believe if i'm not if i'm not mistaken a legend of build is new there okay Um, yeah but other than that uh beware of toddler is the newest one and i have no idea uh uh if anything else is uh, on the way at the moment sure they haven't, they haven't talked to you about that well it's really kind of interesting because G- comics kingdom has worked in a way that's you know very different from go comics i mean go comics has been building their website for a long time with um the influx of a lot of different and disparate right um cartoonists many working just online I know that's what I did when I was I was on Go Comics. It was just online, and um, and then so, uh, uh, you know select few that were still in the newspapers, or a couple of new ones here and there that were syndicated in newspapers. But there was a big web comics presence there, and uh, still is. And Comics Kingdom has has been kind of slow in in mining that talent field. So in some sense, it almost seems like they're you know you and and legend of bill are really like testing the water and and um you know the first entrance into what possibly could be uh the growth of a new aspect of the website i'm not sure though who knows yeah so so tell me how beware of toddler well let's see why don't we start with a little bit you've been doing web comics for a long time like you said so why don't we you know talk a little bit about where you came from and what kind of comics you were doing uh and and etc how they developed and then you know and and then how beware of toddler came about okay yeah um so yeah so yeah yeah i've been drawing web comics for about 16 years now (laughs) Um, okay. in some way, shape, or form, and um, I was actually drawing comics even before then. I uh, did like some small, like uh, school newspaper uh, editorials, um, but uh, you know, it was enough to win some actual some you know citywide awards, oh, which cool. you know f- for Chicago, that's that's actually pretty uh, pretty pretty decent. Yeah, absolutely. You know, after all of that, I started my first web comic like back in 2006 i was like into like the video game web comic scene back then and so like i i was reading like pin in the arcade and things like that and i i wanted to try my hand at like one of those uh pin the arcade like web comics so i created this this series for a couple years um uh, it was called uh the reset button the reset button which is available to be read in the samples anyway on your website uh, it is. Uh, well, the the, the uh, that's actually the second iteration of it. Oh, okay. Uh, because there there are two. 
But uh, after I did that webcomic, I uh, I actually started another webcomic, a second webcomic, and it was called On the Grind. And um, On the Grind was pretty much me venting about my job <laughs> because I, I worked in food service, and um, it was it was a comic that took place in a coffee shop, and uh, it was about uh, a young character who just you know he deals with all the crazy customers, things like that. To this day, it's actually the, like, still my longest running comic. I'm pretty sure I I had read it uh, years ago, and um, so you know the the when I reencountered it on your website, I was like, oh yeah, I was reading this for a while. It developed a fairly good audience. Uh, it did. Um, it did. I was able to have two book collections published. Uh, the website broke, so it's hard to find now, and I haven't had the ch- the the chance to like go back and try to fix all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, but the comics can still be read on the Facebook page. And the um, Facebook page is on the grind? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Great. So the, the a majority of strips or a good chunk of strips are there? Oh, they're all there. Um they're all there. Okay. Yeah, that's like four hundred strips or so. Yeah. Wow, man. That's amazing. And wow. so this was all based on your own your your work in food service. So the, you know, you were continuing to to work during the day and work on the comic strip at night. Oh yeah. Um Exactly. Like I was, I was working at uh at uh, this coffee shop, and I had been working at coffee shops pretty much the entirety of my adult life up until that point. So <laughs> I had a lot of experience to draw from. You see it all in a coffee <laughs> shop these days, right? You know? Oh, oh, you you do. Like the the stuff that you see now, yeah. Like you know, if it, it happened then, and that's what I tried to put in the comic. Um, I still think that had I made that comic now, mm-hmm. um. It would be it would feel more relevant now than it did back in uh, 2008 when I first uh, drew it. If you don't have a Starbucks on every corner, you've got some competitor. And um, yeah. You know, yeah. So the, the people are dependent on their caffeine you know, or some kind of variation thereof. So, you know, one of the things I noticed about all of the early work as well as the new work. But, um, you know, the early work is I mean, graphically, you had really great skills i mean really great skills right from the start so you know how did you develop as an artist and um what were your inspirations well um well growing up i i think my main inspiration is like very obvious like just looking at the comics uh Mm -hmm. i grew up a big calvin and Hobbes fan like i had i had the books growing up and i i loved that Bill Watterson did not let having four panels um, restrict what he is able to do. And um, and that's something that I try, <laughs> you know, quote unquote, try <laughs> to, uh, to 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 do myself. But uh, that's been a big one. Um, I'm also uh, growing up. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm I was born in the 80s, so I grew up in like the, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Nintendo uh-huh. generation. So, uh, so I, like, art artistically, I was, like, I loved, like, the art in, like, 80s and 90s video games. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Super Mario, Sonic the Hedgehog, and some of that stuff, I think, has influenced some of my work uh, as well. Uh, these days, like, I, I find myself being drawn, like, into, like, a lot of uh, Scotty Young's work. And I think he's been, like, subconsciously influencing, like, uh some of my uh Tyler art 
and like just like the like the characters and like the expressions like like when you see his like his more cartoony stuff like um like i try like because i want my characters to feel ex- very expressive um and so like with that i can i can see like myself like you know not doing it on purpose but i see myself drawn into like having my characters feel expressive as they are in his comics yeah and and certainly you know your characters are enormously expressive and uh, you know i mean you've got all of that uh going on for you and um so i think you're hitting it on the on the head there you know it's one of the things that i've noticed about your work in general is that um you, you know not only the little toddler but also you know the father character um both of them are really i mean you do you do some great cartooning with them i mean really terrific expressions on their faces in fact i'm looking at one now uh on the skype um icon that's that's here in front of me and uh you know the expression on his face is just incredible uh really revealing so yeah so you're looking at a a lot of contemporary stuff and a lot of 80s 90s stuff there's a lot of energy in what you're doing too um in in toddler i mean particularly like when we look at the cover of the book and all there's some really you know this great animated quality to your work has animation influenced you at all um it has um but it hasn't influenced me as much as, you know, the previous comics. But when I view myself, like, you know, creating these comics or like when I see these comics in my head, like I, I don't so much see them as cartoons. But I imagine like if this were if this was animated, if this was on television, how would these characters move? How would these characters react at the same time? Um, Because the comic relies on visual gags and things like that i try to um think about how like how like they would like react you know if you're actually watching them in animation as opposed to just watching them you know as as opposed to just reading the comic strips so i while i don't have any direct influences um the one thing that does pop in my head and you may be able to see this in the cover is tom and jerry Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! Yeah, okay, uh, definitely. I mean, that one character chasing the other character. Um, I can almost hear the the sound of Tom and Jerry running. You know, uh, there's a classic sound. You know what I'm talking about, right? That sound when character starts running really fast and another one's chasing yeah. after them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is it like an instrument? It's not like piano keys, but it's something. Yeah, it's. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it is exactly. Gosh darn it! I'm gonna have to look into what 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 it is that makes that sound. But um, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, it's got that. To- it definitely has that Tom and Jerry feel uh, to it on the cover. So that's pretty cool too. I can understand that. Yeah. So um, so anyway, we we're kind of rushing through the early work. Um, but you were saying that, you know, some of the early web comics were really important to you in your development. What was it about those early web comics that, you know, that you were really, that you were drawn to and video games, you know, but obviously video games, but, but what was it about the early web comics that you were drawn to? Um, for me, it was, it was more the the fact that before I had gotten into web comics and actually kind of just stepped away from comics altogether. Mm-hmm um early 20s doing early 20s you know people things and all that kind of stuff but um but when i like came back into it that was like it was kind of one of those things where like that was the first thing you saw you know 
Mm -hmm. So like Penny Arcade was the first thing you saw, and I thought it was neat because it did uh, the early web comics. Um, even even the ones that weren't drawn so well did mm -hmm. not look like what you saw in the newspapers. The stuff in the newspapers like uh, mm -hmm. always looked great, mm -hmm. but on a Monday through Friday on a on a weekday they were never in color. Right. And so it was nice to see. Hey, you can just you can you know make this comic whatever you want. You can add color to it if you want to. You know they're not relegated to Sundays. And um, like, yeah, I was gonna say ultimately mm -hmm. that forced newspapers to start printing daily comics. Not all of them do it, but a lot of them print daily comics in color too now. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean uh, the printing technology has a lot yeah. better now as well. And um. Not sure how that affects the cost, but I can I can see that. Oh yeah, definitely. No, the technology is is changed too, um, and color is a bigger part of newspapers than it ever ever was. You know, I mean that started somewhere in the eighties with um, you know, the influx of of new papers and new technology. But anyway, um, so you know, you were attracted to the this ability to grow graphically through web comics, and so when you start first started the reset button where were you posting it um i was posting it on some comics forum i can't even remember what it was um but um i was posting it there i eventually i tried to like make my own website but it didn't quite pan out mm -hmm. um when i move over to uh to on the grind i think i i ended up going with uh uh drunk duck I think they're still around before and that's before I uh learned to start like, you know, making my own sites and things like that. Um and then when I did uh my third webcomic, which was the second reset button uh series, uh I just did everything myself. Uh and just mirrored it to other places. So um what's the the premise of reset button? Okay, so the reset button is basically um well, the original comic was basically Family Guy with video game characters. <laughs> Ultimately, what I wanted to do was I wanted to make a, a humorous cartoon about uh, video game characters and like what goes on within those worlds, kind of like uh, like the movie Wreck It Ralph, um, but before Wreck It Ralph. <laughs> and I was like really into like Family Guy and things like that, so it like had all that that weird humor, and um, and it wasn't really like i i didn't really like stick to the plot often <laughs> kind of went off on your own direction yeah it was basically i uh, if i see something i'm going to parry it that's that's basically what it turned into like i'm just going to make fun of everything i can find like everything that uh i just happen to come across and not have any like sense of semblance of any kind of story uh it wasn't until i rebooted the series and uh i um i made it a kid-friendly car cartoon because now i just do all kid-friendly stuff but um yeah uh, and they all ages cartoon where I decided to give it a plot. And here, uh, it's still the same thing, like basically video game characters uh, in school. The idea is like, you know, like if you have a Super Mario type character, how does he learn to jump so high? How does he learn to do this? How did he learn to do that? And uh, the idea is that you have all these classic video game characters or character archetypes uh, teaching like, you know, young video game characters how to do these certain things. And oh. so the... It was, it's a lot of fun. Um, the main yeah. character, his name is Reset. Uh, oh. He's the son of a legendary video game character. Um, he wants to live. He wants to be famous like his father was. 
but he's entitled. <laughs> so he doesn't <laughs> want to do the work. And so uh so the comic is basically about him just like, you know, them just you know, hanging out, him hanging out with his best friend, uh who's uh who's like an RPG slime and his twin sister who uh who's like skilled at everything. Um and they're just, you know, trying to get through school. And I, I'm actually really proud of the, of the second series, if uh, if you noticed that. Yeah, uh, as a matter of fact, that's as you said, that's what's up on the website. And the, the first series went from what years to what years now? It was like '06, I think. Like okay, so, a while ago now. Yeah, it was, it was it was a long time ago. It was it was before on the grind. And and so it, it went, went for a couple of years. And so, oh, actually, it ran for what 2006, 2012. It ran for six years, huh? And then you came back to it in, in 2015. Is that when you started the second series? That it is when I started the second series. Um, though, when I say 20, 2006 to 2012, that was like me doing like like one a year <laughs> at one point, <laughs> but um. But yeah, I went back and I did the second series uh, in 2015. Um, I, I did enough to actually do another book collection. So there's a, a book collection of the second series. And I uh, was actually planning a third series. Oh, wow. Um, and and it, it does say 2015 ongoing. So this is something you're still continuing or thinking of doing? or? Yes. Uh, I had uh, actually written a, a, a 24-page comic book. Oh, cool. Um I thought that the uh, the story would uh, benefit from some long form storytelling, so I worked on this uh, on this book, and I was just trying trying to polish it out. And then somewhere in the middle of working on that book, I drew a Beware Tyler comic, and the rest was history. Oh, <laughs> okay. So you were you were in the middle of this one. This is kind of interesting how this happens. You know, uh, you're in the middle of a project that you've worked on for years, right? And and you were mm-hmm. really devoted to it, and you're excited, and then. And then you get this idea. And so what made you stop for a second and draw this other cartoon? And then what happened? Well, um, um, like life happened, actually. It was, it was funny because uh, one day I was just at, I was at home with uh, my daughter mm-hmm. um, because the, uh, the toddler character is loosely based on my own daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we we were playing this game of hide and seek. Um. Uh, Sometimes I'll just like hide somewhere just to see if she'll find me and it's like funny. <laughs> sure. So uh so I did it this one time and I hid in a closet and I'm thinking, I never go in this closet, she will never find me. And uh I was wrong. She went straight to me. <laughs> and, and I was taken aback. Um like like she wasn't even like she was like a little under two at the time. Uh-huh. Um and, and she she just ran and she found me and I, I thought it was funny, and I uh, just drew a comic because uh, I was I was working on a reset book and I kind of missed drawing comic strips at that point so I I just drew it and I and I put it up on Facebook and people really enjoyed it like they enjoyed it more than they enjoyed like anything I've worked on since on the grind. Because not many people read like the sec- like the reset button books, uh, especially the second one, because you know it's it's a kid focused book like webcomic, and I don't know if kids are reading webcomics. Sure. 
<laughs> right, right. You know, exactly. Uh, you don't know you're, if you're reaching that target audience because, you know, who, well, who knows what they're, I don't have no idea what kids, you know, that age, the age demographic, I suppose you were headed for reading these days, but, but yeah, okay. I can see that. Um, so, so you've got a big response on Facebook. So, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I did. And so, um, I, I just started thinking, Hey, you know, let's, let's uh, see what I can do with this. Um, I, I came up with a name, uh, fairly easily. Um, I threw up a second comic and it was just like, you know, one of those things where what's something that toddlers do all the time. And so they, they put stuff in their mouth and they run away. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I just did the comic and there really wasn't even a punchline. It was just like, just that toddlers put something, things in their mouths and they run away. It's a thing that happens. I, I didn't even try to tell a joke and I put it up there and it went crazy on social media. <laughs> Incredible. And and then, yeah, and I've got people telling me like, "Hey, man, this thing, this could be something. You should do something with this. You should really, you know, put work into this." And here we are. Um, I, I've been working on comics like like almost nonstop for the last three years now. Yeah. And it, it just grew as you were, as you were working on it. So, you know, how long was it before you started putting it on webtoons and really starting to nail it down and, and work out the premise and, you know, the, the character designs and all that. I mean, it sounds like at first it was kind of just, you know, a couple of one-offs and then all of a sudden, yeah, it seems like this is a way to go. So, so what did you do at that point? You, you know, Um, I just, I just, just kept making them like, I, I'm from, uh, the, the camp that I will, um, I will draw this comic out and then I'll figure it out as I go along. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's, that's exactly what I did with Beware Toddler. Like, um, I just did everything gradually because I knew that like, if I, if I spend too much time trying to flesh out everything within this comic, then, you know, like the bus that I had when I create these comics may go away. So I will flesh these out as I create. And so that's, that's pretty much uh, what I did. That's why I like the comics from three years ago look completely different than the comics from today. Sure. Um, sure. And, and like even now, like now with the King feature stuff, like I'm, I'm brainstorming ways to, to take it even further. Yeah. Um, because I don't want to limit it to just, you know, the, the three main characters, well, the four main characters that I have. So, yeah. So, you know, who are those characters? Why don't we tell the audience who the characters are? Cause most of the time we see just dad and toddler. Mm-hmm. But, okay. Well, let me pre- uh, preface this by saying that I have not listed their names and right. um, I'm going to try to go as long as I can without doing so. What is uh, that? Well, at first it was because I did this so like so quickly and it blew up so quickly that I just did not have a, like the time to really sit down and think about it. Uh-huh. Um, then over time, as I as like I posted the comics, a lot of people would tell me that they see themselves within these these characters. Like that's my daughter. That's my daughter. It got to the point where people were like sending me pictures of themselves and their kids oh to God. show how similar they are, and um. And 
from there, I'm just I it dawned on me that you know these people identify with these characters so much, like maybe I should just not name them, have them go by their titles, and you know keep mm-hmm. up that illusion, like let them let them identify with these characters because I think that's wonderful. Um, it it shows that you know especially as stay at home parents that we all go through the same stuff, you know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah but I do have names. I do have names. I just I just never really disclosed them. Okay. Well, and I'm not going to ask you to break that taboo either because, you know, I understand why you're doing it. Uh, maybe someday you'll you'll have to nail it down, but I I get it, you know. I think it's a good reason at this point. So, you know, although when I read the strip um, and because I'm not a parent. Um, you know, I haven't had that experience, but I read the strip and I love the strip. Um, but I definitely, I get, I always get the feeling you're drawing from your own life and that's kind of, so in some sense, I always felt like the strip was autobiographical, but, um, but at the same time, even not being a parent, I've heard stories from parents as so much that I recognize the situations as being very much a part of everyday life for people who are parents. So I can absolutely understand why people would be, you know, sending you pictures of their kids and saying, this is my kid. (laughs) Yeah, at first I I thought it was strange. Like, uh, I don't put pictures like that all over the internet. Like, <laughs> be careful. Like, like I'm I'm flattered, but it's okay. Don't. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so you got the father and the daughter who you've you've not named, just toddler and dad, I guess, and and then the other characters. Uh, yes, and then um, she has to have a bigger brother. Okay, there's a bigger brother. There, there's a bigger brother. Uh, I plan on reintroducing him soon. Like he's a, he's all over the webcomic, but he hasn't shown up in King Features yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a mom character, um, oh. who's always at work. Okay, yeah, because you know exactly because you know dad is a stay-at-home parent, so he's left alone with toddler all the time because mom is not that he's a single parent, but mom is at work. Exactly. Um, and that's, 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 that dynamic is based on my own experiences because, uh, when my son was born, uh, I chose to become a stay at home parent. Yeah. Uh, I quit my job. Um, my logic being is that daycare would cost more than I was making at the time. Sure. Uh-huh. And you were working uh, in food service, right? You were, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I was, I was doing well at the time. I think I was doing catering. I was running a I was running a catering uh, oh, department okay. in, a, in a restaurant. But at the same time, like you know, you know, my money and tips probably would not scratch the surface of daycare. Not for the yeah. hours I would be needed there. Yeah. Um. So I, I felt like it would make more sense. I had freelance and well, excuse me, go from there. Um, yeah, give you the time to work on your art. At the same time, you could watch your child. Exactly. Yeah. Excellent. You know. So there, there you go. Okay, it makes a lot of sense. So, and and your wife is, uh, what kind of work is she in? She, uh, my wife, uh, well, in real life, uh, is in government. Oh wow. Okay. So, um, so we've been okay. It's been difficult. It's been rough. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily for me, like I, I think I've gotten like some some early freelance stuff like in at the same time so we've been okay Mm -hmm. um but it was rough and 
for for anyone you know choosing to be a stay at home parent, it is not easy. <laughs> yeah, sure, and, and and you know the challenges are both financial, but also just in terms of watching over your children and what you have to do all the, all, every day. Well, financial, um, watching over your children. Yeah, the perception of being a stay-at-home father, which is something that I I want to address in the comic, um, because you know I actually I did this in a web comic, um, is that people like when you're out with your when you're a father and you it's just you and you're out with your uh, children, yeah. like people assume that you don't know what you're doing. Oh, that's interesting. And so uh, and so I, I did a that did a comic about that. And that's something I like to address more. And then um, that goes even deeper. And then, you know, that dynamic changes even more when you're a father of color. And that's oh, like a whole, that's like a, a whole other conversation. But well, like, I can, you know, it's, it's, it's understanding. It's interesting that you're bringing this up because it's, it's interesting how sexism and racism play a role in, in the perception of stay at home dads, um, you know, two levels in the fact that you're dealing with. Um, but it is kind of it's kind of interesting. We have these assumptions uh, that are built into the culture that, you know, that the culture is is in this midst of, you know, terms of economic in terms of employment and the, and gender roles and all kinds of things. We're in this transitional period where everything is kind of changing. But there's the still, you know, the tenacity of these old perceptions is very difficult, you know, to break through. It is. Um, it is. And it's um, and I hope that the comic it's like it's not my goal to, you know, change anybody's mind about anything, but it is my hope within the comic to just say, hey, you know, these things do exist. It, um, you know, stay at home fathers do exist. Stay at home fathers of color do exist. Um, positive fathers of color do exist. But at the end of the day. I also want to make you laugh. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> sure. You know, you're you're in the entertainment business and uh, that's always a big part of it. But you know, I think there's a you know, you you definitely can carry forth these these issues in interesting ways, you know, and, it, and I think you probably will as the strip develops, which is interesting. It opens up territory, you know, for how the strip can evolve. What what are some of the things that you've experienced then when you've been out with your children? Um, you know, some of the assumptions that you've you've run a- across, you know, in regard to the issues we're talking about. Um, um, well, I've heard uh, what, what is the term? Um, I was dad's turn with the kids. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've, yeah. I've heard that more times than I care to uh, to count. Yeah. But um, it's just a general assumption is that, you know, if it's dad, he can't do it well as well as if it's mom. Sure. And, you know, if you've been staying home with your kids for any length of time, you've definitely developed the chops for handling (laughs) toddlers, right? Right. And um, or, you know, they'll say to the kid, oh, you're giving daddy a hard time or things like that. Well, I mean, that part is actually technically true, but (laughs) but, you know, it's just it's just a, a general idea that, you know, because, you know, the genders are reversed. When genders are reversed, that person is incapable of doing a job, be it the dad with taking care of the kids or the mom uh, who has not, who I would never show her face in the comic, by the way. Just want to add that. 
Um, just that's just for uh for uh humor purposes. Oh, she's like the the adults in Peanuts, sort of off off stage. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. or or the mom, you know, being successful at what she does. It's um, it's not my goal to really challenge that, but these are things that exist. So because it is part of real life and it is realistic, it's going to exist in my comic. Sure. Yeah. It can be really kind of a challenging thing to overcome um, those perceptions and attitudes. I agree. Um, one thing that I can say that has helped tremendously um, is the growth of work from home jobs. Yeah. Or working from home because the dad uh, does have a job. Uh, he work, He does work from home. Um, so it's not as bad because, you know, you are you're still working. But, you know, the people from the outside looking in can't really see that. Yeah. Um, and right. and especially like now, you know, everything that we've dealt with over the last you know two years. Yeah. I think I think now more people will like, you know, pay attention. More people will know that these roles are changing because of, you know, everybody's been at home anyway. You know? Yeah. 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 It's true. And a lot of people are wondering why we have to go back to the office when, you know, when we can work as well, oftentimes better working from from home. I know that's my own case. You know, my own case is although I look old enough to be retired, I'm still working, but I work a lot from home. I mean, uh because it started with the pandemic and um just has continued forward for a variety of reasons that, that I still I work an awful lot from home. And um and that that is happening over and over again because we have this ability to communicate, you know, digitally um, that re- really makes, you know, working face to face sometimes not not nearly as efficient, really. No, I, I agree. Um, I mean, just the, the commute alone. Yeah. Like, the, like all this time wasted. Um, absolutely. Oh, my, my wife, she uh, she's she's been going back to her office recently mm-hmm. and uh, after working from home for two years and she is, she hates it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. I mean, you know, there's, there's some downfalls to it too. I mean, on the one hand, when you're working from home, you tend not to work a nine to five day, you tend, you know, an eight hour day. A lot of times, you know, you, you're doing work well past that. You know, I find with, True with my own, I'll be answering emails, you know, all kinds of odd times, um, because I'm at home and, you know, so you, and, and then I work on, you know, course descriptions and things of that nature. And I'm sure this is true for your wife and for other people who have been working from home. You know, it's not always just sort of, you know, easily categorized or or bottled into that eight hour a day framework it spills over sometimes but then you know going back to the office you're spending like all this time in the car or on the train uh which as you just said can be you know time better spent doing other things uh you know it's i mean i have my own in my own case i travel four hours um once a week you know or twice a week rather back and forth to long island from from upstate new york and that time in the car while it's great for a, a certain kind of meditation in a well and, and for listening to podcasts uh, in other ways, you know, it, it's time that I could be spending doing a whole pile of other things, not to mention the gas that I'm using and, you know, oh, yeah. the, you know, the footprint on the environment. And 
you know, and what we're dealing with now in terms of gas prices, but but even more so mm-hmm. what it's doing to the environment is, um, you know, uh, it's something that needs to be considered as we move forward into a kind of a green economy, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, although if we ever get there, you know, but that's another story. <laughs> And and not having to deal with what you're dealing with, which is really interesting. Um, so, you know, how do you feel, you know, also, you know, being a person of color, how do you feel that that's impacted, you know, the perception of, of your life as a stay-at-home dad also? I mean, have there been specific moments where people have, have made assumptions about, about your ability to, to take care of your kids um, and, and, you know, thrust that upon you in a way? Um, not in a while, like, like luckily for me, like, I, I think I've been, uh, pretty lucky. Um, also I've been doing this for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. You're <laughs> that old now. Oh my gosh, man. Um, yeah, but, uh, I, um, I, I haven't really had to deal with it. Like not to the point where I can like fully remember, like the, the last time I think I've had to deal with something like that was, like in like the comment section of something related to my comic. Oh man. Like someone someone joked that, you know, this comic is fiction because the dad is there. And yeah. I that didn't yeah. like it's not that it bothered me. It's that I know it will bother someone else. So like um and it's not true. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you know, I mean I it would piss me off. I mean, you know. It would really, it would really piss me off. I hope you address the guy, or whoever. Um, it is. I, I think it was an old comment, and it wasn't like it was a comment I read on like some other post related to my comic, but it wasn't like my actual post. Uh-huh. So, um, so I didn't, I didn't call him out. I probably should have. I'm more the person that I see this, and then I'm going to make a comic about it. Um, you know, directly addressing it like to everyone, but I haven't so much done so just yet um i i try to i i want to keep the comic as lighthearted as i can but mm-hmm. at the same time i do like i do want to dispel stereotypes and i haven't quite figured out the way to do so while keeping the, the uh the levity of the comic intact yeah well, i think it's it's part of a challenging of perceptions and a a changing of perceptions just by being and being as good as it is and as funny as it is um, and touching as it is, you know, through its humor. Well, I don't know. You agree or don't? No, I, I do. I do agree. Um, I do agree. I just like, I hadn't thought about it. I haven't thought about it that much. I mean, you know, when you're dealing with a toddler and you're trying to make the comics, you, you never really think about like the impact you're actually having. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of people really like this comic, you need to make more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's all you're doing is making a comic, and that's all you really got to think about, you know. But in and of itself, it's a it's groundbreaking in and of itself. And you weren't thinking of doing that; you're just doing this, the comic. But because the mass media has been closed off, you know, to to diverse voices for so long, you know, when it breaks through, it really stands out and makes an impact in and of itself. And maybe that's not something you intended to do, but it's happening. 
you know, as a result of it and perceptions change as a result of it. And um, and and that's how it grows. You know, I mean, I'm reminded of the story of, um, you know, Charles Schultz, uh, you know, being written to. Uh, I can't remember, unfortunately, the name of the woman who wrote to him. She just passed away last year or so. And um, she wrote to Charles Schultz in the late 60s and said, why are there no children of color in this comic strip? You know. And Schultz said, well, you know, I'm a white guy and I, I don't feel like I could reflect that experience. And she wrote back and says, you know, it's just important that you do it because it will open the door. And because it's important that people see, you know, people like me represented on the comics page. And so, you know, he created Franklin as a result of that, you know, and that was a step, you know, and and I think while. Franklin never became a real voice for, you know, civil rights or for anything that was happening in the late 60s and early 70s. His existence was on within a strip as big as Peanuts was, was an important one. And um, it it began something, you know. And right. so so here we have, you know, a stay at home dad with a relationship with his daughter, you know, that's very important. And I think groundbreaking in and of itself, and also just so fricking funny and so beautifully done, um, that it, it in and of itself opens doors and, and makes an impact. Okay. Yeah. I, it's funny. Yeah. I actually, I uh, read the, uh, read the, uh, article this morning about, uh, Charles Schultz like I just happened to come across it like I knew the story beforehand but like the fact that I was able to like be reiterated on it just like literally an hour ago yeah it's interesting <laughs> that, that you know you came across uh, you know some I guess somehow it's like you know what are they the aligning of the stars or something in our in our thoughts I wasn't thinking about it either uh, until we just started to talk about this but you know um I'm trying to think there there are other you know I often think in what I'm doing right myself right now, I'm doing this comic book and it's just lighthearted entertainment. And, um, you know, I often think to myself, why am I just, why aren't I doing something more important? Why don't what you know? And, it, and yet somehow or another, you know, my wife always says to me, well, you know, to each his own, right? Everybody's got their own story. They've got to tell. And there are people already doing overtly political stuff and, you know, and they do that and they're doing it well. Maybe that's not your thing, but people need to laugh or people need to be entertained, too. So you do what you do that comes from you. You know what I mean? I mean, mm -hmm. you can't be everything to everybody. You just do what you do. And so and and if you're, you know, dealing with it in a way that is just true to yourself, then I think it. It has a, uh, it it does what it needs to do, you know, right for somebody, you know. I don't know. Am I am I, am I totally off base, or am I am I just random? Oh, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I got I got you. So so you've been you've been working on the strip for three years. So what's a day like for you um, when it comes to not only handling life with your kids, but also now you've got this comic strip and people expect to see it. And there's that pressure. And now you've got a Sunday thing happening with Comics Kingdom. So, you know, what's a day like for, for George Gant? Pure chaos. Like, that's <laughs> that, in a nutshell. It's um, it, it's weird, man. Uh, it's weird because I'm, 
I'm not one of those people. Like, uh, you know how, like, a lot of creators will, like, go about their day, and at night they sit at the table to draw. Mm-hmm. Yep. I prefer to draw during the day. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so it's chaos because, you know, that's when everything else happens. It's the summer, so my kids are – well, one of my kids is home right now. The other one's in a, in a school program. Uh-huh. Um, so just trying to juggle those things, um, trying to juggle and write comics, um, and, uh, you know – and to draw other comics because I have another comic strip that I'm drawing right now. Oh, you do? I do. Uh, and what is it? Um, it's called Angel Face Investigates. It's a it's a comic strip that appears in the Bino. Oh, okay. Um, and we unfortunately we don't get that here um, in the states, but uh, the Bino is the longest running uh, children's magazine in the United Kingdom. Yeah, they've got a whole history of. Um, I think that's where Dennis, the British version of Dennis. Yeah. Then it showed up and right. Oh yeah, my the, God. the crazy thing about their dentist is their dentist and our dentist debuted at the same time, and it was a complete yes. coincidence. I know, right? It's, not a, it's one of those amazing things, and, you know. So when you talk about Dennis the Menace over there, nobody knows what the heck you're you're talking about, you know. I mean, when it comes to Hank Ketchum and you know all yeah. that. Stuff. Yeah, it, it, it's it's wild, but uh, I, I get to play around with their characters every week. And graphically, I just pulled it up, and I wasn't aware of this. And and uh, graphically, it's quite different. It is. It is. Um, I um, when I started this this comic style, I was drawing pretty much in my main in my style, mm-hmm. you know, similar to Tyler. Now it's a little more their style, but it's still it's still very much me. Um, for some reason, I, it's hard for me to find like the ones that I did on their site. I don't know why, but, um, but yeah, I, I've been working on these for, for nearly two years now. Um, so was this a strip that, that pre-exists your involvement with it then is, or it's, it's mm-hmm. something you created? Oh no, it, it pre-exists me. Uh, it, it was a comic, it was a comic strip and they rebooted it back in early 2021 okay and uh those comics are mine um if you're on the beano site i believe those predate me but i have been like working to like you know to try to match that style as much as i can oh i see okay um i just pulled up you know again i wasn't familiar with it and i pulled up some of i think it may be the older stuff but um but yeah okay so there's like a kind of rubber hose quality to the work that they have perhaps that that predates you um almost kind of like you know early animation kind of quality with the arms and legs and stuff which isn't what you do you don't do that kind of no mine is mine is more you know you see elbows and and joints (laughs) in your work whereas (laughs) you don't see elbows and joints you know uh, knees and things like that in, in these other cartoons, which is it's called totally different approach. I've never been able to do that either. You know, draw to the road. I, I always admire it, you know, but I can't, I can never. I'm always, you know, going back to the elbows and, you know, shoulder blades and things like yeah, that. You know? Yeah, it, it's hard. It's it's hard because I'm, I've tried and I am trying. Um, I am trying, but I, I kind of like what I'm doing with them now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't know how I could describe the style i'm trying to go with but it's like a combination of that and what i'm doing with toddler 
Okay. Okay. So you found a, a happy medium. So how often is this, is this strip then how often do you have to do the strip? Oh, weekly. Uh, just like Tyler, uh, they, uh, they, they come out every Wednesday, um, in okay. a magazine. And is it, um, a full page like it is in the, that kind of thing? Or is it half a page? Or... Oh, half page. Um, half, half page. page, normally, uh, like six panels. Uh, six panels or so. Uh, every once in a while, I'll do like some full page stuff, or I'll do like a crossword puzzle or a Sudoku uh, pu- puzzle, things like that. But most of the time, it's just half page. Yeah, I th- I'm pulling up. I guess I've got the Beano site, and which is kind of like a Go Comics or a a, um, a Comics Kingdom kind of site, in a way. And um, I'm seeing the old stuff. I think from 2017. You weren't you weren't doing it there. Uh, no, I've only been doing it for like a year and a half. Okay. Well, that's real. I would love to see some of that stuff. Um, really interesting. Uh, how did that happen? How did you come to to um, or come under their radar, as it were? I don't know. They, they reached out to me as well. Uh-huh. It's, it's weird. It's like I, ne- I never like reach out to anyone. They, everyone just like tr- finds me somehow. But, but well, I love I it. That, it's a testament to, you know, the appeal of what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, I, I love it. I'm like, I'm really happy with my Beano work. I I use my Beano work uh, to tweak my uh, craft, to hone my craft a bit. I think. Um, I I don't know why they don't like you know do much in the states, but that would be great if they did. Yeah. So, what's the premise of Angel Face Investigates? Um, well, Angel Face, the character is um is a rival to uh their Dennis the Menace. Oh, okay. and, um, with her, she's a she's like a child detective, mm-hmm. like an Encyclopedia Brown type character. But okay. she's uh, she's a reformed villain turned detective. So she's um, she's like, I'm going to do good, but I don't want to do good. You know, <laughs> her nature runs contrary to her mission. Right. Uh, similar to my reset character is like, um. Like I'm, I'm trying to do good, but you know, don't push it. Uh, <laughs> t- type character, um, you know, like who can I, who can I compare her to? Maybe Louise from Bob's Burgers. Mm-hmm. Um, just off the top of my head. But uh, her and her, her and her uh, sidekick, they, they, you know, they, they solve mysteries or whatnot. Um, it, it's fun. It's silly stuff. Uh, yeah, it sounds like it would be right. Um, it, it's 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 kind of cool. It kind of it takes you a little bit out of you know the world that you're in with Beware of Toddler and sort of you know allows you to stretch your chops a little bit. Do you so you write the strip as well as draw it? No, no, I just uh, just the art. Oh, you just do the illustration. So the strip. So you get supply. They supply you with a script every week. And how far in advance are you working? Uh, a couple months. Um, couple- Couple months, which is which is uh neat, but it's difficult because uh <laughs> one thing uh, I I didn't mention about Tyler is that like ninety percent of the Tyler comics uh that I've posted before King Features mm-hmm. I drew the day before, <laughs> oh, wow. and, and like fifty percent of those comics I wrote on the spot. Oh my gosh, <laughs> quality is remarkable, George, for doing it that quick. But sometimes that's how it works with. 
you know, with humor and with comics. It's often, sometimes off the cuff is, and first, what is it, you know, first takes are oftentimes the best. So, wow, but I'm surprised yeah. to hear that. It, it is, but, um, you know, my, my life is chaotic. I've got these two comics and two small children, and everyone's at home now, so it's, it's you kind of have to. Yeah. So, so like, again, so we were kind of talking about your day. So you're doing both comic strips now on a weekly basis. Plus, plus you're doing face, the Facebook Webtoons Instagram thing. One thing I've been doing lately is I've been trying to uh, just document some of the drawing process. Or I'll just, like, draw, like, some fan art just for fun. I, I feel like I need to, like, keep the comic on people's minds. In between, uh, in between okay. comics, you know, stretching your chops and you know, uh, uh, working out different ideas. So w- the other thing I noticed about, um, you know, the Beware Toddler strips for King Features is that they take the format of a traditional Sunday comic, the horizontal format of the half-page comic. Is that something they required of you or asked of you, or is it just something you're doing? Oh no, it's just it's something I'm doing. Um I my thought process is I see everyone else doing this, I'm going to do this. Like <laughs> to see if it works. And if it doesn't work, then I'll do something else. Um that's why like my first King Features comic was just a, a traditional strip, you mm-hmm. know? And then a uh, four panel strip. And now when I do four panel strips, I do it like I did like with Webtoon and with my website where it's two um, you know, it's like two by two. It's it's easier to see on a computer screen. Yeah. Um, and I, I I put quite a bit of, of work into the art itself. I don't want things to be missed because sometimes like I, I have to actually rely on a visual gag. And if they if people can't see it, then I've not done a good job. Right. Then I have to remind myself that like when I when I read when I read my comics back and when I do all this kind of stuff, I'm using my uh desktop. So I have to remind people, I have to remind myself that, you know, people aren't using their desktop. Like they're they're not looking on like a 2450 whatever inch screen. They're looking on like their phone. And if you're lucky, an iPad. So I have to remind myself that, you know, you need to, uh, you know, accommodate for that. Yeah. And, and that means that the imagery, when you're thinking of something like a phone, I mean, this, simpler the graphic in some ways the better but also the clearer it has to be exactly which is that's something i'm working on yeah and that's that's you know i I don't think people who aren't artists understand that that can be sometimes distilling the image down to its essence to convey the 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 information as clearly and you know effectively as possible is really quite a task it it requires a lot to edit and, and shape it you know, into the a form wherein it it expresses itself as quickly and and its impact is as strong as it needs to be. You know, mm-hmm. to work within that medium, it's really daunting, really. You know, to have to work on a phone, um, you know, like that. But so, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you because your artwork is beautiful and uh, you've got a great color sense. I mean, your color's impeccable, and your digital skills are really also, you know, when you look at your website and you look at what you've done, all the way going back to, you know, some of the earliest stuff that's on there, but including the comic book work and everything, you you know, your tools and your, your skills with the tools are all just so, they're consummate. So how did your skills develop 
uh, as an artist? Did you go to art school? Was it, or just, you know, did you just draw all the time and pick it up from, you know, just wherever you can pick up ideas about Photoshop and whatever other digital tools you're using? Well, um, I'm lucky. I'm lucky in a sense. Um, because while I did go to uh, art school, it was less uh, about art, more about graphic design. Okay. Um, but within that, you know, you learn Photoshop and things like that. Um, at the same time, I, um, I, I loved, I loved to draw since I was a kid. So, <clears throat> like as far as the actual art abilities, it's all self-taught. Your style, your, you, you know, specific style of cartooning is just grown organically over the years um it, it has and like uh with like the technical abilities like the photoshops and things like that or clip studio in, in my case because i hate coloring on photoshop um i'm lucky in a sense that i'm also a computers guy like i um like on the software and hardware side i build computers for fun so <laughs> <laughs> so um like just like I, I built like three in the last year just really just because yeah, I, I'm a fan of that kind of stuff. And um, so with like the growth of technology, I was able to adapt to it really quickly uh-huh. because, you know, I, you know, it, that's, this is a fun hobby for me. Um, like learning uh, computer related things, computer related skills, programming, like both on the hardware and the software side, the most basic of programming. So like being able to put those two together, I think, has really like done it for me you know it's it's interesting i a number of cartoonists i've talked to over the years here on the show um also have and and some of the most i would say capable in terms of their visuals have also studied graphic design and and this is something you know i try to impress upon some of um the cartoonists who i teach at school um this the importance of graphic design in comics is is something that is so and when i was coming up nobody thought about being a graphic designer you know when you you were talking about being a cartoonist it, it, it wasn't like something that was emphasized and I think as time evolved, um, you know, because the graphics were done for cartoonists outside of, you know, the the comics, whether you're working for a comic book company like Marvel or somebody, or whether you were doing a comic strip, um, the graphics were, you know, the the typography and all that kind of stuff was usually done by somebody else and imposed upon your artwork. So being a graphic designer wasn't something that necessarily was important. But then, you know, you look at what starts happening with the underground comics in the late 1960s and a sense of graphic design because they were all doing them all themselves becomes very important. In fact, some of those guys were groundbreaking, you know, graphic designers in and of themselves and poster designers. And and they had that kind of thing happening. And then as time went on and cartoonists became, became more, you know, in charge of everything they were doing, um, in the eighties and then certainly in the nineties and self-publishing became such a big thing. Well, you had to be able to do everything. And as that happened, you know, it became more and more important to be a great graphic designer, a good graphic designer and have graphic skills. And, you know, that's one of the things I noticed about your work. It's one of the things I noticed about Steve Conley's work, uh, and, uh, Tahid's work and, you know, a variety of other people who I've talked to since then, you know, Seth and whatnot, 
all of whom are exceptional graphic designers and this is why it's important to me is because i am not (laughs) you know it was one of those skills that i totally missed out on and and when i was younger was not interested in at all and its impact you know is obvious pretty much in everything i do because it's it's lacking in that in that depth of of understanding both you know in terms of digital tools but also in terms of just understanding typography, understanding layout, understanding all of these things, which I think is evident in everything you do, you know, this, this beautiful um, sense of typography in your lettering, which is unique to you, and um, and also in your your um, uh, logo, you know, which is on the book and, and on the strip on King Features now, um, which I think is so beautifully done, you know uh so it's really important it's it's a crucial skill to be a cartoonist these days is to be tight with graphic design also yeah i mean like the beautiful thing about that is and um this might be why a lot of cartoonists are uh doing so well is that now having access to all these tools is is easy it's like it's easier now than it's ever been sure like um when i learned photoshop uh i must have been about 17 or 18 and -hmm. the only reason i learned it is because i was part of this program i would have never expected to have been able to afford photoshop at home this is back when it was like 600 dollars. sure yeah (laughs) i remember (laughs) and as a 17 year old you know that wasn't going to happen but just having access to to these things and how easy it is to get access to these things now is influential. Um, not to mention having how easy it is to access ways to learn how to do these things. Yeah. Um, because back then you had to go to school. You like, yeah. like you you weren't going to find a book about graphic design like like as easily as you can now. Yeah. yeah. Like you or, you have to go to school or to a library and not like you know. You can you can just Google it now, and someone scanned the pages. Yes, yes. Somebody looks at what you did, and they say, "Well, how did George Gant do this? You know, what's he using?" And somewhere you may have recorded in a blog or something, or on you know wherever on Facebook you might have said something about something you were using wherever, and and people you know find it and use it and uh, and pick up on it. And then there are all these videos that you can watch now, of course uh that you know uh supersede the need of having a, a you know a college instructor um teach you about graphic design um so you're using clip studio paint also a lot of people mm-hmm. are yeah uh, exclusively i've been using it for about nine years now exclusively so you're not even tightening it up in photoshop anymore you're just using that now i use photoshop for like the most basic things like um mostly dealing with like cmyk stuff because uh, clip studio isn't great with that Mm. but any actual like actual art any actual production is done in clip studio Mm -hmm. so and there's a you know clip studio what's great about it and i haven't used it yet because you know i'm a procreate guy with Mm -hmm. my ipad and um and but you know when it comes to it you still got to subscribe to photoshop and adobe products and clip studio you just buy it once and update it when you need to update it and so there's a big difference there in terms of cost and so many cartoonists now are using clip studio paint and find it just so user-friendly in that regard 
it, it is it's it's incredible. I mean, the interface itself is very similar to Photoshop, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's for what for what we do, mm-hmm. it is more tailored. Um, it feels like cheating, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i think it feels like cheating like I'll, I'll like lay out a page like oh my goodness i'm cheating like people like i i remember seeing like how people like used to lay out old co- uh, comic strips sure. and i feel like i'm cheating then i'll go back and i'll see a video of people laying out old comic strips and i'll realize i'm doing the exact same things just digitally but it still feels like cheating from time to time well you know i, I mean they do you know offer things like a crosshatch tool and you know uh, things like that and um or brush rather right and uh, that enables you to do things that you know might otherwise be painstaking and take long but you know when it comes to put i mean this is the thing you know the tools are there but if you don't know how to use the tools and you haven't developed taste and you haven't developed you know a sense of how to bring these things together it's going to fall apart you know oh. I mean, you know and so, you know, when we look at something that you're doing, it's so beautifully crafted. I mean, really beautifully crafted. Um, that doesn't come from, <laughs> that comes from work and that comes from skill and that comes from, from talent, but also a lot of experience. Figuring out what is what works and what, what doesn't. No amount of, you can't fake it uh, in, in this world, and I don't think you do. Uh, right. So I, I wouldn't worry about that, you know. <laughs> um, I mean, it, there is a difference. But now, here's the thing, George, and it's just an indication between our generations. Maybe, do you uh, did you ever work um, old school on paper with your comics, or was it all and scan them in, or was it always just working digitally? Oh, I, I've I've done the scan thing in before. Um, when I first started, I would uh, I would draw everything out uh, on hand. Um, I would scan it in, and then I do everything else in. Um, for at first, like before Clip Studio, I would use this cheap program that came with my printer. Like, like it was horrible. Nothing ever came out to the right resolutions. Mm-hmm. Everything was always like really jaggy. Um, and I would color everything in with a mouse. Oh, I hate, that. <laughs> I hate working with a mouse. I, oh man, the mouse, the mouse stuff was the worst. And I'm left-handed too, so it was even like me too. <laughs> oh, see, <laughs> yeah, all right. You know exactly. I had the same kind of frustration. Oh man, it, it, it was rough. Yeah, um, yeah. People I didn't always. Really... I'm sorry. They, I was just gonna say people are never thinking about left-handed people. You know, they they those inconsiderate companies, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I, I I didn't like really start doing uh, tablet drawing until uh, maybe 2012, like okay. 2011, 2012. And um, even then, I didn't do like tablet with the screen drawing until about five years ago. Right, you were, you got yourself an iPad, or you got another tablet. Um, are you working with an iPad? Uh, no, no, I uh, I'm working with uh, an XP Pen tablet. Oh, okay. Uh, I had a Cintiq, but I don't know what's going on with uh, Wacom's uh, you know, quality department, but it did not last long. Really. <laughs> Yeah, man, that thing that thing broke in like two years. Oh and my gosh! They wanted nine hundred dollars to fix it. Oh man, that's um, terrible. It is. It is. Um, so I I bought an XP pen, and it's been really good since. But I do have a uh, a Surface Pro as a backup just in case. Oh, okay. So are you you're 
so you're doing your drawings then in Clip Studio and you're using those brushes because one of the things that I notice about your work is the line quality is just gorgeous. You know, um, you know, you're getting this fluid line that's got such expressivity about it. It's great, you know. Uh, yeah, really nice, really nice. I'm a big fan. That's one of my things, you know, is line, is line quality. And, um, you know, and I've noticed, and, I, and it means that I've got to get this program, but line quality is, is something that a lot of times, particularly in the early days of digital cartooning, the line quality was just this kind of flat, dead line but it's so great to see these be this beautiful line quality in in some of what's coming out of web comics these days and what's what's you know example yours is a great example of it's just got this beautiful beautiful fluid line in it and it never feels digital it feels so organic it's beautiful that, thank you that yeah that's been my my main goal like as far as like the actual art is i mm. want this to feel like for me i want this to feel like I'm drawing this on pen and paper. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, even physically, I want this, like, as far as, like, tactile functions, I want this to feel as close as I can to um to pen and paper. So I've got, like, this, this matte uh, uh, screen protector on it uh, to give me that that friction. Um, at the same time, my, my brushes, I was, for the longest time, I was using uh, Frenin brushes. Like, I bought, I bought, like, the brush pack uh, from that website. Yeah. And then I learned to create my own. Oh and, wow! <laughs> oh, it's, it's so much fun, man. Yeah. Well, I guess if you're that, I I would never. And you see, now you're like talking a language that's beyond my capabilities and <laughs> understanding. You know, I mean, I I I really envy you that because that's got to be great. It's able. easier than it looks. It's it's so much easier than it looks. Um, and I can only do it inside Photoshop. I I don't know if I can create a brush of photo in Photoshop. I can only do it inside Clip Studio, but um. But for me, it's it's important to me that, you know, that it feels good to draw. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No, I mean, I, I, I agree. When I, when I first started working on a Wacom, long, you know, back in, what, 2006 or something, I think I was starting to do, you know, some digital stuff. That was when I first really started coloring my work digitally and started dealing with that. And I was working on a Wacom and I absolutely, absolutely hated drawing on a Wacom with the pen, you know, it, or the pencil that was available then. And then in 2017, I picked, you know, my wife got me, talked me into buying an iPad. Well, actually, when we were in the Best Buy and we were looking at this iPad, I was actually there to buy a new scanner. And the scanners, you know, I never even got to looking at them. My wife said, why don't you skip that whole step and start drawing digitally? I'm like, draw digitally? Really? You know, leave paper behind, leave ink behind. What are you talking about? And then I picked up the iPad, you know, right? And uh -huh. I picked up the iPad. I mean, we're addicted to ink and brush and the smell of the stuff and the feel of the stuff. And it really is addictive. And, and you do, you know, it's still a brush is a brush. But nevertheless, I picked up this Apple pencil and I started drawing this iPad. I was like, oh, my God, this the sensitivity of this thing is not like what I was using before. This thing really feels so much more organic natural um than it had and that that made all the difference and so since 2017 that's all i've been doing is working on an ipad because the technology got to a point where it almost replicates the feeling of the real thing you know yeah i've heard really good things about the ipad i i actually thought about getting one at one point which is how i actually ended up with the surface um i've got the the uh pro 8 
which yeah. I th- I think with that one they're trying to go after the iPad because it feels it feels like what I imagine the iPad feels like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I haven't s- seen the Pro 8. I had seen some earlier models of the Surface, and it looked really pretty cool. Um, you know, so I'm assuming they're trying to to keep up. Um, you know, and the the quality, the technology is just kind of improving so much that uh, I can imagine that it's it's pretty close. Although I haven't haven't tried it, but um, yeah, you know, whatever works, right? And obviously, whatever you're doing is working because it's the stuff you're doing is beautiful. We've talked a little bit too about where you see the strip going. Now you're doing it once a week. Do you ever see a time when you'll be doing it more often than that, or is it just like given? your role as a stay-at-home dad and what you've got to deal with there um and you're working on another strip um for bino i mean do you ever see the possibility where it will become a more frequent strip um i do um i do when i first started the comic i it was my original goal to do three times a week Uh um and then you know once like life happens and you know freelance projects come on because bills got to be paid um i I had to go down to once once a week so i could focus on all these other projects Mm -hmm. and even um oh no go ahead sorry i was gonna say even with uh with uh uh, tyler joining comics kingdom i had another project that i was working on at the time um i can't really talk about it much um but because of that project was uh in the pipeline and technically still in the pipeline I knew I would not be able to contribute more than once a week, sure. but um, if the opportunity arises and I can handle it, I'd be all for it. So this other project is—is is it a book? It is. It's a book. It's your own book. It is, no, it's not my own book. Um, but you but it's, at- it's yeah, it's been fun. It's um, it's a graphic novel. I can't really say much about. Okay. Because um, okay. it hasn't been announced yet. Oh, very cool. So it's it's going through a publisher. Can we say who the publisher is? I uh, I don't know if I can say. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I won't push it. Jeez. Now I, I really <laughs> I really want to know now. <laughs> so uh, okay. How long before we we find out about this? Um, uh, I'm not sure. To be, uh, to be honest. Are you, okay. Are you in the middle of the project? Are you at the end of the project? Are you at the beginning of the project? Where where where's the project? Uh, I would say beginning going into middle. Okay. So yeah, that's okay. So, so it's still quite a ways away. So you're about a third of the way through. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and we're talking traditional graphic novel. Is it um, is the format traditional comics page or is it something else? Um, like a scholastic type. Okay. Like okay. Somewhere uh, in that in that wheelhouse. So are we talking about kids? <laughs> Dude, I know what you're doing. <laughs> well, 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 I guess I can say kids because 99% of the stuff that I do now is like kids and family oriented. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stuff. I may like letter a book or, or two that's not kids related, but everything else is like completely kids oriented. You know how I, I meant to ask you too because you said, you know, previously the year earlier iteration of the reset button wasn't necessarily for kids but you made a switch and the switch was to do everything that was kind of kid friendly or kid directed um so how did that pro- did that process happen consciously or was it you know a decision you made 
And how did you make that decision, if so? Well, you know, when I first started the comic, I was in my early 20s. Yeah. And my my taste in just entertainment overall mm-hmm. in my early 20s, because I was very much into, like, the, the adult animated sitcoms and things like that. Mm-hmm. And the comic, the comic wasn't, like, overtly adult. It was just, like, not kid-friendly, like um, what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, my tastes have changed. Um, at the same time, like, you know, between drawing that comic and drawing the other comic, you know, I, I had kids. So, sure. So, like, like you know, being a father, just, like, it opens you up to a lot. And, um, and just even with their entertainment, you're exposed to more of their entertainment. Yeah. And um, I at this time, I, like, I was in my 30s. Like, me at 30 and me at, tw- at 20 are, like, two completely different people. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> Because you got married, you had kids. Exactly. Um, and, you know, I'll be 40 in a few months, so it's funny to be at 40. It's going to be different than me at 30. But yeah. um, my tastes have changed. I uh, I didn't really care for that kind of stuff anymore. Like, like there was, like, no real uh, coherence in that. Like, the comic was incoherent. It was just... It, it was dumb. So, You're talking about your own work? Yeah, I'm talking about my own work. Um, You're talking about, okay, in, in regard to audience, you mean? No, 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 just my own work. I It was it was dumb. Like, I I was drawing comics for, like, the PG-13 crowd, and I was getting older. And I, I can see that the stuff that I would have thought was funny in my 20s is not funny to me. Sure. Uh, So I was just like... I, but I still love the characters, and I thought that the characters would serve better, like, um, like in a different way. So I just took all the characters, um, I aged them down, I gave them backstory, I gave them motivation, I gave them purpose. Um, I still tried to have their personalities in check, and I just, I just kept it rolling. So it was a conscious decision, really. I mean, as part of also just part of a change in in maturity you just you know um your experiences sort of led you to this point where you said you know that stuff i mean it's interesting when you think about it the the culture is really moved a lot by the tastes of you know 18 to i don't know 26 24 somewhere in there but those age groups but that humor and and those tastes are fairly insular in terms of their experience of the world right and Mm -hmm. so you know as you become older and you experience more uh, and those experiences change your attitudes about things, then you, it's interesting, you know, to think about re reevaluating what kind of work you're doing, which is what it sounds like happened. Yeah. Also, the comic was just not well written at all. <laughs> so like, I became a much better writer and artist since then. So, so I, I wanted to, you know, if you're going to do something fresh, do it right. Or at least try to do it right. But, uh, but I, I'm glad that I was able to do so because I'm like, I'm like, I look very fondly upon uh, those uh, web comics because that's how I learned how to draw, um, in my opinion. And uh, and here we are. Sure, sure. I mean, that period of time was formative, and you know, but it, and it gave you the skills. But 
develop your give you the opportunity to develop your skills because you're doing this thing on a regular basis and and then you know you've gone on from there well i think that's it's really interesting um because that's enabled beware of toddler it's really cool that you were open to that you know because a lot of times that's not the case um but in this case you know you were open to the changes that were were happening in your life and the changes in attitude and and maturity that happened in your life and so you allowed that to sort of you know guide you and uh, i think that's so important when it comes to as artists what we choose and choose not to do in our work um there's an honesty about about what you're doing right as because uh, it's reflective of your experience well that's not always necessary but um that we you know like for example do autobiography but reflecting your experiences being true to that that life you're leading leaving so leading rather um and i think it's worked out for you really well right with beware of toddler so uh i think that's really interesting so george you're also doing um freelance stuff you said is that freelance graphic design or freelance illustration um every now and then like not so much these days but like uh i do like freelance illustration uh freelance comics i've done quite a few freelance comics uh on the business side of things you know like um like for example like one of my first clients um was a glass manufacturer and their biggest client was michael's oh okay so so, so yeah so that was pretty neat because i would just just like create these characters and i draw little comics that would be like using like their back areas of michael's stores (laughs) <laughs> um oh man that was that was so much fun that was that was awesome and some of that is actually on your your website right um yes I'm, I'm, i may have actually put some of that up um under the comic strips i see this <clears throat> optimum museum acrylic yes that's it that's, that's um it. yeah and I, I did like like quite a few of those at least 50 i believe wow uh, i have to find the rest but i did quite a few of those and um i did that and um i did some similar ones uh to other companies that i don't think i've put up just yet uh just because my my website is outdated i need to update it (laughs) well so it seems so that's one of those things that's always you know nagging right the website (laughs) but um it's a beautiful website by the way so clear and it's it's really easy to access your work and, and see it so um so that's that's pretty cool but it's interesting you've done over 50 of those there's like three of them there on the website right now but uh kind of interesting you know again that's another great experience um and is that something wherein they approached you again um to do this um i may have actually reached out to them Uh like that was like literally like one of the first freelance projects i've ever had um Uh like 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 the first five i want i want to say because i think that was back in 20 12 i want to say that was um that was back when i was still scanning in art oh okay so these are not drawn digitally these are drawn on on illustration board or bristol board or something like that yeah yeah just uh on board and scanned in but i did that uh i I lettered some uh, comic books um in fact i worked on the hero cast of stellar city book for quite a while oh that's pretty cool as a letterer Mm -hmm. I, i colored two issues and i lettered like uh 10 i want to say are are you developing your own fonts i am not that's uh i'm not i i know my limits 
<laughs> and that is one of them. Um, I would like to, uh, I would like to, if the time permits, it's two things I would like to do. It's that I develop my own fonts and learn some basic form of animating. Oh, yeah. Uh, and those, well, you, those can are... do, you can do that in Clip Studio Paint, um, right? Uh, I, I had a couple of students work on. I've I've been doing animation in my on my iPad, um, which it makes easy to do. But you can do it in Clip Studio Paint too. If I um, one of my students just did a little film uh, last year um, in Clip Studio Paint. So so don't let that stop you. you know? <laughs> Oh, I'm going to do it. I just don't know when. Um, yeah. Oh, I could see these. See, this is one of the things. I thought when I first came across your artwork that you had had some experience in animation because there is that quality to what you're doing. Um, you know, this both in terms of the, the graphics themselves and the style, but also in the, you know, this wonderful, like, your viewpoints change. You've got, you know, your camera work, and if we call it that, um, I know some people would jump on me for calling it ca camera work. But you know, you move that point of view around in the strip. Uh, you're not hampered by, you know, just a straight ahead. Although you'll use it when it's necessary, but you'll move that that camera around, that point of view around, and um, and at the same time, there's a great deal of energy, you know, in your characters. So, yeah, I could definitely see them animated. I, I love that. Um, that would be like another bucket list item for me. <laughs> yeah, I think definitely I can see it happening, you know, sooner rather than later if you if time permits, because the quality is there. Definite, you know, some some some, you know, cartoons, some cartoonists are sort of static in their approach or so graphic that you can never imagine it being adapted. You know, it's so much a part of the comics page, but your stuff has this kind of dimensionality to it that I think would lend itself well to animation. Thank you. Yeah. When I, when I, um, when I think about them, like when I, I visualize them before I even thumbnail them, I always think about how it would look in animation. Uh huh. Um, and you know, like I said earlier, because my because a lot of my stuff is visual, like it has to in my in my mind, it has to work in animation in order to be able to work on in the comic. Like yeah. it has to, you know, it has to look like it, even if it's not realistic, even if the gag is not realistic, it has to look like it could actually happen in a sense. Uh huh. I think I know what you mean. It's got to have plausibility. Exactly. Yeah. Possibility and, in the in that world, rather. Yeah. Well, yeah. In, within the world that you've created, there has to be a certain, I mean, like you create your world, right? And, and the rules of that world, they get established. And then, you know, you, everything that happens within that world has to make sense within, within that context. Uh, because each comic strip is different in that regard, right? I mean, you know, um, some comic strips, obviously a science fiction strip or something like that the world is different or Calvin and Hobbes enabled, you know, Bill Watterson enabled himself to cover a lot of territory because of Calvin's imagination. Right. And which is, which is something that uh, I do as well. Yes, exactly. That's right. You know, you, you've got that ability to stretch both graphically in terms of story, um, but it always comes back to the world that toddler lives in. Uh, while there might be these flights of fancy, they come back to make sense to that world never out of out of sync with it right. uh, 
in in that way. So I, I think that that that's always definitely there. Yeah, it's kind of interesting the way we set the the tone and the rules uh, of our world. And then if you go outside of it, you violate it. Your readers will know, you know, and you will know because it just doesn't feel right. Right, exactly. When you're doing it, yeah. So I'm re- I'm really excited for you to be on Comics Kingdom. I hope it opens up a whole new hope. Uh, a whole new audience for you you know it should because it's a big platform and um i don't know you know it's interesting though to think about whether comics kingdom and um go comics representing the two biggest comic syndicates uh venerable comic syndicates right uh of the history within the history of comics um how competitive they are with webtoons you know it's interesting to think about that i've never really thought about the the comparative reach of both um i'm sure you've got a pretty big audience on webtoons um yeah i, I did really well on webtoons um i feel like i may have a bigger reach on my facebook page than anything really mm-hmm. and um i don't know just yet where i am with comics kingdom but it's still early yeah well it's only been a month right so there's no right. way to tell no way of telling but it'll be interesting to see how it develops and and you know what happens with the strip um if it becomes a newspaper strip as well which i certainly you know hope if that's what you want i hope that's what happens you know because it would be really cool to see that in the newspaper i know you know they've launched at least one strip over the last couple of years um to newspaper syndication i don't know how well it's doing but um it's a challenge these days, but it would be really interesting to see uh, to see that. But I just want to see the strip reach more and more people, and um, and I hope that it does through Comics Kingdom and and wherever else. I just hope it keeps growing, you know, because I think it's got so much potential. You know, have you ever felt? Uh, last question, I guess. Have you ever felt um, that you would inhibited by the the dad and toddler? um scenario or that you would might run out of ideas now that your kids are growing older um is that something that's ever been a fear um yes um actually like early on um early on i i actually wondered that Uh, because the comics were directly inspired by like real life scenarios and you know those stopped like early so like ever since I want to say, like, after, like, the first six months, I've just been writing everything out. Um, but I'm always worried that I'm going to run out of ideas. Um, that said, I, at the same time, um, especially over the last just, like, few days, I've been really thinking of ways to expand, like, the world itself. So uh, what I decided to do is uh, I decided to introduce, like, more you know, more places for them to visit throughout the world with more more characters, which is kind of something I've done like in the beginning of Tyler. Like uh-huh. like for example, like the Tyler the Dad, um, they went to uh the coffee shop. Right. Um and it was the coffee shop in uh from on the grind. <laughs> because they do they do share a universe. Uh, so which um it's great. It's great to be able to do that. You can bring everything together. Uh, that's 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 what I love. It's like I want all of my comics to like to share universe in some way, shape, or form <laughs> somehow. But um, the George George Gant universe, <laughs> exactly. Oh, cool. Um, <laughs> oh man. So, so expand the universe. Expand the universe a little bit. Take them outside of themselves. Um, 
does well one of the questions that comes to mind is toddler ever do you see toddler growing older at some point i know like in other kid strips like for example peanuts in peanuts they start off as being maybe four maybe five maybe somewhere in that in those early years and then as time goes on you know by the time it's over with although ostensibly charlie brown is eight he looks more like mm, 10 11 or something like that as his head just keeps getting bigger um or dennis the menace started off as being three or four and then nowadays dennis looks more like he's six or seven you know i mean do you see that happening in your strip um this is something i thought about like at first like i wanted to do like the the simpsons thing just have Uh her like because she's she's two right um to just keep her at two as long as i possibly can um now i i would not mind going into three Uh uh-huh but if i do it will be a very long time until i do so Uh uh-huh sure you've still got lots of territory to cover with two years old i do and um at at some point i don't want her to be the only toddler in the comic so i do want to introduce like like other characters other other toddlers and things like that oh now there's this that's a scoop that's kind of interesting um but, you know uh, opening up the strip to other toddlers is that that could be fascinating that could be really cool so yeah i'm trying to figure that out now how to make it interesting introduce other characters other toddlers while at the same time making sure that it's not rugrats yeah that's that's gonna be a fun challenge yeah yeah exactly finding a way of doing it that is your own and that's distinct from from other strips that have gone in route and you know um i quite like the kind of insular quality it has right now um although you know if anything anything with longevity is going to expand and i hope to see that but i do quite like the world that father and toddler live in right now it's very rich it's got a lot of possibilities what is really kind of neat is to see a relationship like this you know um between father and child uh a very young child a lot of times when we see father stories right they're dealing with father and older kids or father is at some kind of a distance and this kind of intimacy as we talked about earlier is really so unique in that sense um this subject you're dealing with um you've just created this relationship that we don't often see represented and i'm not talking about just being a stay-at-home dad i mean a about the relationship between a father and their their you know toddler child um is just you know that kind of connection and that that kind of dialogue and um it's just not something that's represented very often uh whether we're talking about television or or movies or or whatnot um there are there are the intricacies of being a father and with a toddler obviously having to deal with all the issues you know feeding and cleaning and diapers and all that kind of stuff but um but what's what is also unique and nice about the strip is something that's very it's very much its own and that is this this relationship that grows between father and daughter at this age which is very special and wonderful really exploring that territory which we've really underexplored yeah, I mean, it, it is fun. To, it's fun to be able to write about things and to to be able to write about the father, the the uh, relationship between father and toddler, and not have it be just this is a baby, she exists, or this is my dad, he exists, or 
we're family and we love each other 100% all the time. Mm-hmm. No, there's chaos and it, it is chaotic most of the time. And I, to be able to show that is, is pretty much, I think what makes the comic work because, you know, you know, families are messy and, you know, raising children is messy and toddlers are extremely messy <laughs> because they, they think they're big, but they're not. And they try to be big, but they're not. And <laughs> it's, and it gets ugly. <laughs> it's true. Ch- children in general, really. You yeah. Know, I mean, not only when they're toddlers, but when they're 16 and 17. Oh, I heard. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, their I'm brains afraid. aren't fully developed and yet they think they are. And so they make all kinds of decisions that are, I mean, on the one hand, we need the reinvigoration and the attitude of youth and the energy of youth. All that stuff is necessary. But at the same time, some of the decisions that youth tends to make, well, they still need guidance. That's why parents are still there you know, at, at those, those ages. But yeah, you're right. Uh, there's a lot of mess involved in families. I'm just re- reminded of the difference in generations. You know, when I grew up, fathers were distant figures i can remember in the neighborhood i grew up you never saw a father uh during the week um fathers were absentee vague figures that you only saw on the weekends or at, and and you didn't see them at night very often because you know uh, kids go to bed early and and so they didn't see fathers in the neighborhood or stuff it was it, it, they were really absentee figures you, you heard about them but rarely saw them and um, it's, you know, it's changed so much. The world has changed so much since then. And uh, and for the better in that regard, you know, um, so, so important that fathers become a presence and uh, an important presence. Anyway, that's a, that's a, I digress. <laughs> I'm off, off topic, but um, it just makes me think of how the world is different and how important it is, you know, to chronicle a changing world. And um, and these changing roles, you know, uh, that are happening in the world. And how important to uh, be where a toddler is in that regard. Okay, I know it's time to go, but I just want you. You're doing public appearances at conventions and things now. How's that going? Um, it's going well. I've actually been doing conventions for like nine years now. Okay. Um, uh, this is more or less my return to conventions because you know the last three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whatnot, but um, yeah, I, I did my last convention last weekend, and it was okay. It was it was nice to be able to get out and you know see people, uh-huh. sure, <laughs> and, you know, and see people that you know that like pop culture and comics and things like that, and you know to introduce them to Tyler because yeah. this is the first time I've really had a chance to showcase that, um, in person. Yeah, and which convention was that? And uh, it was called FanCon in Arlington Heights. Um, oh, in, oh, in Illinois. Yeah, that's right. You were telling me. Yeah. Really. Oh, that's great. Great. So I hope you were able to sell some books uh, and found some people there who were, you know, unaware and expanded your audience, hopefully. Yeah, it was, it was pretty neat. Uh, I did all right. Um, I've got one more con actually coming up. Oh, what is it? Um, and it's a big one. I haven't even told anybody yet, but I will be at C2E2. Oh, okay, great. So, so, so uh, and when will that be? That's uh, August, was it August 5th or 7th that weekend? Okay. The weekend August. of the 5th. Um, yeah, this will be my fir- my fourth time exhibiting, but my okay. first time uh, with Beware Toddler related stuff. 
And and so you've got a table or a booth? Um, yeah, I've got a table. I'll be in Artist Alley. In Artist Alley. Okay, that's great. Uh, oh man. So th- so that's a big one. That what what venue is that in, George? That is in the uh, McCormick Place. Uh, yeah, McCormick Place, right here in Chicago. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, so that's a big uh, a big convention. Um, so it'll be kind of interesting to see how many people show up uh, for that. Given, you know, we're coming out. We're hopefully coming out of the pandemic. Um, fingers and, crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah, we'll keep hoping. Um, you know, something. As soon as we hope, though, we somehow or another we keep getting thrown back. But no, that's great. Okay, well, good luck with that. Um, and on that note, you know, if you're looking for George, George is going to be uh, at in Chicago at C2E2. C2E2. Yes. Yep, C2E2. So that'll be in August. Great, wonderful. The dates again, George? Yeah, the 5th through the 7th. Okay, 5th through 7th. Great. You can find George Gant at C2E2 in Chicago. Uh, and that will be that'll be great. That'll be very exciting. Well, George... Um, I think we've covered it all. And so, you know, maybe it's time to, to say so long for now, but, um, I'm really excited. I love your strip. I just, I admire it on so many different levels and, uh, and I'm so happy that it's really making inroads into the venerable comics kingdom, um, establishment and, uh, and that it's there, you know, to be seen by so many more people. And I hope it, it just continues to grow and become successful and, and reach, as many people as possible and thank you and thank you for having me i really appreciate it and and you know everyone has read the comic and enjoyed the comic thank you all um this is this has been this is new like this kind of stuff is new to me like even though i've been drawing comics for a while and i i cannot tell you how appreciative i am Well, you better get used to it, George, because Beware of Toddler is a big hit. Boy, what a wonderful, nice, sweet guy. And uh, really, for somebody who's doing so well and does such a great piece of work, really so, so modest. Okay, so that'll do it for our interview with George Gant. You can find George's work at geogantart.com, on Instagram at geogantart. That's G-E-O-G-A-N-T-A-R-T.com. You can also find him on Facebook. And that seems to be one of the most popular places to find Beware of Toddler at the Beware of Toddler page on Facebook. Don't forget, George is going to be at the C2E2 convention on August 5th through 7th, coming up next weekend, in fact, in Chicago. So if you are in the area, stop by and say hello and pick up your copy of Beware of Toddler Uh, I guess it's volume one (laughs) of many more to come, hopefully. And always, uh, you should check out comicskingdom.com where you can see all kinds of great comic strips, many venerable classics, as well as Beware of Toddler. So uh, subscribe, right? Subscribe and keep comic strips alive. Another thing you can keep alive is me and my cartooning career, so check out my Kickstarter before Thursday. Yes, I think Wednesday's the last day, August 3rd, to uh, contribute to the Kickstarter for Green Screen number 2. That's the second issue of Green Screen, my comic book series, and you can jump on board right there. You can pick up all the previous issues, but you can also just, you know... 
hop onto green screen number two and you'll be fine and because uh, it, it paves the way for you to pick up where everything else left off and uh, uh, what else can I say there's lots of great stuff there there's buttons as I said you know I love buttons and there's there's uh, I don't have any bows but I do have posters and uh, um, uh, some paper doll cutouts in fact if we reach a certain number of um, contributors uh, we get uh, everybody gets like lots of goodies <laughs> so, so check it out oh and, and don't forget there's a comic book called also, so what can be better? You know, full color, 40 pages, all about uh, a movie star lost in an alternate universe. And this particular issue uh, and, and little arc is really kind of like Snow White. Instead of being done by uh, Walt Disney, it's really being done by Ralph Bakshi. So uh, that's kind of the, the, um, the take, if you will, on this approach to this particular movie that starts the series off. Anyway, Kickstarter until Wednesday night. Please check it out. Uh, your support is greatly appreciated. You can always find me on Instagram at what the heck am I at again? Uh, Green Screen Comic. That's where I'm at. Green Screen Comic these days. I'm not really doing anything else anyplace else. So Green Screen Comic on Instagram. That's me. And my website, of course, is jeffgrogan.com. Uh, well, well, you know, I think I'm I'm fresh out of new information. I think that's it. The Kickstarter is just, you know, you know, if you've run one yourself, uh, they they will wear you down and uh, <laughs> or drive you crazy, uh, much like the toddler in Beware of Toddler by George Gant. Uh, anyway, I think that'll do it for this time. I'm hoping to have another guest lined up very quickly, and I will see you in the Cineverse. Uh, one way or the other uh, be well, be safe, be happy and as always, thanks for listening